Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. We are in week two of our Unequaled series. We're building up to the Easter weekend. And the title of what I'm going to talk to you about today is The Thing That Most People Get Wrong About Jesus. And I'm not going to be a tickler and leave that point to the end. We're going to go right for the juggler uh, today and, and go right in there. And I want to talk to you about the Mandela effect. I don't know if you're on TikTok, you've probably seen um, things about the Mandela effect. It's been uh, going around on, on social media for a little while. And the Mandela effect basically refers to a situation in which a large mass of people believes that an event occurred when it actually didn't. And I want to bring some uh, examples to you. The first one is one of the most famous lines in cinematic history, and it comes from Star Wars. And we all remember it because it's when Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. But he never said it. He never actually said it because the line is, no, I am your father. And all the Star Wars boffins are going, well, actually, I knew that already. Yes, we know. You've already written on Facebook, it's fine. <laughs> um, the next one is the Flintstones. We all remember the Flintstones. Can anyone notice anything that's wrong? Can anyone notice it? We all remember it. If you were asked to write it out like that, you would all write it like that. But it's wrong, it's got two T's in it. I know. <laughs> don't know why, I don't know why I went so high pitched there. But actually, when you think about it, it makes loads of sense because it was like prehistoric flint and stones. Clever. Again, really high-pitched. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> People watching online, their dogs are just going. <laughs> okay, the film Sleeping Beauty. We all remember it. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all? And the mirror answers back, Andy Hancock. Of course it does. But the line is not that. The line is magic mirror on the wall. But we all remember it as mirror, mirror on the wall. We, we all, it's, this is the Mandela effect. The final one is that Queen song that an Aston Villa supporter has never heard in their entire life. And it is, and it ends like this and you can join in. It goes, we are the champions. No time for losers. Cause we are the champions. Bum, bum. You're all wrong. It doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. It is the most unsatisfying thing in the world. It's so frustrating. I would love to play it for you, but we'll get kicked off YouTube if I do. It doesn't finish with Off the World. It just finishes with We Are The Champions. So frustrating. And I think there's a little bit of a Mandela effect around what's something that Jesus said. It's a little bit of something that we've kind of misheard, that lots of people believe that Jesus meant when he said something and actually he didn't mean it in this way and it appears in John 8 verse 12 and it says this when Jesus spoke again to the people he said I am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life and the thing I want to bring up is this will never walk in darkness because I think so many people have taken this to believe that if you follow Jesus Nothing bad will ever happen to you in your entire life. If you choose to walk in the light of Jesus, then all the bad vibes in your life will disappear and Jesus will protect you from that. That's the thing that I think most people get wrong about Jesus. 
But actually, I'm sorry to say that's not true. And lots of you will know that not to be true in your own lives. In fact, Jesus promised something different. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Jesus promised that we would have trouble even if we chose to follow him. And maybe you're surprised by that. Maybe you're new to church and you thought that was the message you were expecting to hear, that Jesus is unequal because if you follow him, you'll be fine and nothing ever bad will, nothing bad will ever happen in your entire life. And I think most Christians, if they were asked if they believed that, they would say no. But I think there's something in us subconsciously that we do believe that a little bit. And we do believe that because, and I think, you know, I've been there when stuff has happened and I've gone, God, why would you allow that to happen to me? And so I think there's something deep in us that believes that, even though it's not true. And I think it comes from the way that we in our world view darkness and the way that we view that, that word and what that metaphor stands for. Because we talk about uh, things feeling metaphorically dark, don't we? And, you know, we talk a lot about our world is dark. You might feel like your personal circumstances and your world and your situations feel like they're dark right now. And, you know, our world does feel like a dark world. It feels like it's constantly in crisis. You know, we're in a cost of living crisis. We're in a fuel crisis, a mental health crisis, a food shortage crisis. The NHS is in crisis, economic crisis, homelessness crisis, the crisis in Ukraine, the crisis in Turkey and Syria. Every five minutes, there seems to be a leadership crisis. The thing that we've seen on the news in the last 48 hours which can I just say, it's not about Gary Lineker. This is about, we need to be for the humane treatments of people who are desperate enough to get in a boat and cross the channel and risk their lives for safety. We need to be about that. So let's not get distracted by a presenter that's chosen uh, you know, to go up against his bosses. That is the story that's being led on the front pages. The story is, we've got to treat people humanely. Britain and we have got to be better and I really believe that, and I'm going to be careful what I say, because I've still got aspirations of hosting Match of the Day one day. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in all of that darkness, in all of that, Jesus is the light of the world. And we believe that, and I'm going to come to that a little bit more uh, later on, but this thing, when Jesus says we'll never walk in darkness, he's not actually referring to that kind of darkness. He's talking about something differently and his reference to darkness is about ignorance of the divine or ignorance of the truth and it's why we use the phrase like I'm in the dark about it when we don't understand something fully when we don't know it's hey, hey I'm in the dark about this can you fill me and can you shed some light on it Jesus is talking about knowing the truth and what Jesus is saying is if you don't follow him you'll always be in the dark about what about the truth about what life is all about you see, Jesus being the light of the world shows us who God is. That's what Jesus was here to do, is to show us who God is. He shows us who we were created to be. Jesus' light shows us what we were created for. He shows us the truth about what life is all about. And that's the thing that gives us hope in the darkness. Not that when we follow Jesus, everything will be all right, the hope is, even when things are tough, even when we don't understand it, we know the truth, that God loves us, that God is ultimately in control, that we have life in all its fullness because of who Jesus is. You see, even in the dark, you can know the truth in the light 
of Jesus. And in fact, hundreds of years before Jesus, a guy called David, he wrote this in Psalm 23. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. He doesn't say, even if I follow Jesus, I won't go through a dark valley. He says, when I walk through the dark valley, I will fear no, no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you see, darkness and light, they're not opposing forces. For me, light exposes what the darkness hides. That's why when my kids say to me, Daddy, I'm scared of the dark, I say, no, you're not. Because, you know, I'm a really compassionate father like that. <laughs> I say, no, you're not. You're not scared of the dark. You're scared of what the dark hides. You're scared of what you can't see in the dark. I don't think anyone's actually scared of the dark. They're scared of what the darkness hides. And the good news is, is that light exposes what is in the dark. Light gives us the truth of what we can't really see. And so light, light and darkness aren't equal opposing forces. Light is way stronger than darkness. Because you use light to expose what is in there. Darkness is just the absence of light. And when light enters the room, darkness is no more. The reason why Jesus is unequaled is he entered our dark world. He chose to die on a cross, which we've sung about, to pay for all of the darkness that's in us, to pay the price for that. But then he rose again. And the good news is, is when Jesus was, was on the cross, the temple curtain that divided humanity from the presence of God, it was in the, in the inner sanctum of the temple, the temple curtain was ripped from top to bottom, signifying that the divide between God and humanity has been torn apart and we have access to God through what Jesus did. You see, because of Jesus, who is the light of the world, we're no longer in darkness about what the truth actually is. And we can enter into a relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth. You see, what's the darkness that Jesus can't touch? It doesn't exist. Jesus is stronger than any darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. And we believe that Jesus is unequaled because his light is still illuminating this planet. It's still illuminating people's lives 2,000 years later from when he was on the planet himself. You see, people aren't giving their lives to Shakespeare. People aren't being baptized in the name of Joan of Arc. People aren't praying to Marie Curie when loved ones are ill. People don't bang their hand with a hammer and shout, Thomas Edison. People call on the name of Jesus because he is the light of the world. If you want further evidence, and let's look at, like, open this up a little bit more, look at the city of Rome. I was fortunate to go, go there a few years ago, and I'd read it, this, uh, Andy Stanley points this out in his book, Irresistible, and I'd read it, and so I went looking for it. Um, but, you know, it was G it, Jesus died on a Roman cross. Crucifixion was a Roman thing. And then in the years after Jesus had risen from the dead, they tried to wipe out the embarrassment that they'd lost this guy called Jesus and lost his body. And they were trying to stamp out what they believed to be the lie of Jesus' resurrection. And so they tried to wipe out Christianity and everybody that talked about Jesus being risen from the dead. So much so that in the city of Rome, the Colosseum was built as entertainment for Roman people to, who could come and watch Christians be torn apart by lions, be burned, be crucified, be tortured. This was a, this was a monument to say, isn't Rome great and aren't we greater than Jesus? And yet 2,000 years later, in the Colosseum hangs this a cross that the Romans killed Jesus on. And now the Roman Empire is no more. 
the Colosseum is a tourist attraction, and the name of Jesus is all over a city. I don't think you'll go to a city and see more crosses the way you see in the city of Rome, and that is the city that tried to eradicate Jesus' name from history. See, Jesus is unequal because his light cannot be extinguished. And if I think about people in the life of our church and the evidence that I see that Jesus is the light of the world, if I look at our last baptisms that we had in November, we've got another baptism service coming up in a few weeks on the 2nd of April, but I look at those stories and the the adequately named Hope, who encountered Jesus and whose eyesight was restored to her through a miracle, not, not by medicine, but by Jesus restoring her eyesight to her. I think about Malachi who's coming into new environments and saying that Jesus helped him find purpose. Think of Chloe who in the face of bullying in high school, Jesus has given her confidence to connect with others. Sally who talked about her brother taking his own life and how Jesus guided her through it. In the dark time in her life, she knew the light of the world. Think about Georgia, understanding that God has put her in the right place. And I could go on and pull people, pull people's stories from all of our locations and talk about parents who've been reunited with their kids, about how the lonely have found community, about how, how, how God has, and Jesus has impacted people's lives all over the place. And I'm sure if they invited you up, you could tell your own story. I had the privilege of being in this very room a couple of weeks ago when um, we celebrated the life of Mick Davis. And story after story talked about how Jesus' light had impacted Mick in the good times and the bad times of his life. And it was a sense of, wow, this is a tough moment, but Jesus, the light of the world, is here. I think about my own story and my own time as a scally little kid in the north end of Liverpool who was trying to figure out life in a high school, getting into fights and getting into all sorts of trouble And one night I came home and I was in trouble and I'd been told off for something and I sat on my bed and I knew about this Jesus thing because I was dragged to church kicking and screaming. And I sat on my bed and I said, Jesus, I don't want to do this my way anymore because I'm getting it wrong and I'm messing it up. I need to follow you. And I said to Jesus, tomorrow I'm going to try and follow you. And so I got up the next day and I tried to follow Jesus and I was probably 5% successful But, you know, each day I've got up and I've gone, Jesus, I want to follow you today. I want to try and live for you. And what Jesus has done in my life has been incredible and how Jesus has led me. You see, all of this is about Jesus being the light of the world. Or as John put it, John put it like this right at the start of his book. He says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There is no darkness that can extinguish Jesus' light. Jesus can take the darkest of nights and shine his light into it and bring hope. And so I want to really quickly um, show you some ways that I think Jesus uh, shows his light in the world. The first thing is he reveals. Jesus' light reveals stuff. You know, if something happens in the middle of the night, one of the first things you do is you turn on the light to reveal what the darkness hides. Jesus reveals the truth about us. I've already talked about it. Jesus' light gives us a truer perspective on life. Gives us a truer perspective on the situations that we're facing. It shows us the truth that we're looking for. Maybe a question that you want to ask the light of the world today is this, Jesus, 
Would you show me that you're real? Maybe you're here, you're watching, you're in a location and you're going, I don't know if this Jesus stuff is real. Maybe that's a prayer you could pray today. The second thing, and I'm not going to cover everything, but I think Jesus guides. You know, as Coldplay sing, the lights will guide you home. And for centuries, humans have used torches, what, to guide the way, to light their path. And I believe that, you know, as that psalm says, that Jesus leads us through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because Jesus is with me. He guides you through. He guides you through the tough circumstances that you face in life. He leads you step by step. He gives you fresh vision for your life. And so maybe the question that you could ask Jesus today is, would you help me know the way? Light of the world, would you show me where I need to go? The third thing is I think Jesus brings life. Physical life requires physical light. There is no life on planet Earth without the sun. In fact, there's this solar system entirely depends on the light of the sun. Plants move and lean to get in the light of the sun. What the sun does is it provides an environment where life can flourish. And you put your life in the light of the world and lean into him and follow him. He brings life. When you make a decision to follow Jesus and put yourself in his fellowship, you begin to see an atmosphere and an environment around your life that allows life to flourish. Jesus brings healing. So maybe today you feel like empty on the inside. Maybe you've got physical needs. Maybe you need the light of life in you. Maybe the question you could ask is, would you heal? Light of the world, would you heal? Would you bring the life to me? The final thing before we do a bit of response is I think the light of the world gives safety. That's why we use that term about the light at the end of the tunnel. When we're in darkness, we turn on a light to feel safe. Some people don't go out at night because they don't feel safe. Jesus gives us that feeling of safety, of hope. Jesus is a light with you in your hopelessness, in your darkness. There is hope. And so maybe you need to feel a little bit safer today. Maybe you need a a shot of hope in the arm. I suggest the prayer that you could pray is, Jesus, would you help me to know that you're here? And so all four of those questions when we, we're going to sing a song in a moment and I don't think right, you'll need to answer all four but maybe there's one that really speaks out to you and go yeah I need, I need to talk to Jesus about that because that's what I feel I need the light of the world in this situation or, or maybe you're not yet a Christian and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus you've never made a decision to choose to be in the light of Jesus then during this song that we're going to sing, we're going to sing a song called King of Kings. And the words of this say, in the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light. Then from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. Maybe you want to spend this next four and a half minutes saying, do I, do I want to follow Jesus? And at the end of this song, I'm going to come back up. I'm going to give you a chance to respond. 
and then I'm going to talk directly to the Christians and we're going to get a little bit uncomfortable for five minutes or so but I want to invite you in all of our locations to stand to your feet and if you're a Christian and you want to answer those questions and take that to God then please do if you want to just spend this next song worshiping and thanking Jesus that he is the light of the world or maybe you want you want to consider whether you want to follow Jesus then let's engage let's not go passive but let's let's engage with what God might want to do Jesus I pray as you are here with us as you are in every location Jesus I pray that you would be illuminating the darkness in our lives God would you reveal the truth of who you are God would you guide us on that next step God I pray that you would bring life where there is hopelessness God I pray that we would see your safety that we'd feel your hope around us Lord I pray as there are those that are considering whether they want to follow you God I pray that you would be a revealer to them right now God, I pray that you will be lifted high and you will be glorified as we praise you and thank you that you are the King of Kings. Amen. So just just stay standing for a moment. I want to invite everyone to close their eyes. And if that's you, if you want to say yes to following Jesus, you want to say yes to the light of the world this morning. I want to invite you to put your hand in the air. I'd love to pray for you. Our hosting team have got some booklets that will help you in your steps to follow Jesus. And we'd love to put that in your hands. And so in all of our locations, if that's you and you'd like to say yes to Jesus right now and say, I want to follow you. And I want to invite you to put your hand right in the air for me. right in the air so our hosting team in all locations can see it nice and clearly Jesus I thank you that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it Jesus I thank you for these people that have made the decision God may they never walk in darkness would you be the revealer of truth of your love of the life that you want to bring to them Jesus, I thank you for your salvation, that the curtain was ripped from top to bottom so that we can have access to the creator of the heavens and the earth. Jesus, we love you. There is none like you. And Jesus, we say thank you. Amen. Amen. Guys, take your seat. Don't get excited. We're not finishing early. We're just mixing it up a little bit. Um, and so Christians I want to talk to you for a moment and so if you're not a Christian you can you can take it easy you can kick back if you're with a Christian you can you can nudge them uh, during that time thanks Ben Um, if this is true what we've just sung about if this is true that Jesus illuminates the darkness if this is all true what difference does it make to our life? Because surely it makes more difference than just attending church on Sunday. 
Surely it makes more difference than just going to your connect group if you can be bothered to that week. Surely it makes more of a difference than just showing up to church. This stuff, Jesus, Jesus being the light of the world, should absolutely shape every single corner of our life. What I love about Jesus and that he's unequaled is he took 12 lads and he invested in them and 11 of them went on to turn the world upside down. He took his light and put it in them. And in Matthew 5, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to me and you. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, Jesus is saying this to you. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, Jesus is unequal because he took his light and he puts it in me and you. He puts it in me and you who call call ourselves followers. And he says, go and let it shine. Go and invite people. Go and talk to people. Go and tell people about the experiences that you've had. Most of you will know a few uh, weeks ago, about six weeks ago, I had an infection in my finger which landed me in hospital for five or six days. I had three operations. Um, It's getting back to normal. If you could pray that I get a little bit more movements, it's struggling to move. Um, But when I was in hospital, uh, it was all a bit of a blur, but the kind of first morning I was there, I was spending a bit of time with Jesus and I was like, look, Jesus, I'm, I'm in this hospital. I'm available I want, to be, I want to be a light in this situation. God, would you use me? And nothing really happened, if I'm honest. I just spent a load of time watching films on my iPad and catching up on bits of work. Like, not much really happened. I had a couple of conversations here and there, and I was only supposed to have two operations. And then on the Saturday when I had an, my second operation, they said, you're going to need a third and so we'll operate on Monday. And so on the Monday, uh, I went down to theatre and... Um, my first operation was general anaesthetic. My other two were local. Um, and so on the Monday morning, I'm, I'm lying on, on this bed. I've got my left arm out. And these two nurses, the anaesthetists, are starting to put the block in. And so they're, they're injecting into my armpit, which wasn't a fun experience. And so, so the whole of my left arm was going numb. And I'm chatting away to these nurses. I wasn't nervous, so I was just relaxed and chatting away. And the one there said, so, so Andrew, because everyone called me Andrew, because that's my official name. <laughs> um, and they're like, Andrew, tell us what you do for a living. And I was like, oh, well, I work for a church. And she said, oh, what church? And I said, I work for a church called Life Central Church. We're just on the edge of Birmingham. And she went, I knew you were going to say that. And I was like, oh, great. You've got your fingers in my armpit and you've watched us on live stream. Wonderful. <laughs> And I said, all right, have you heard of us? And she said, my, my friend has gone to your location in Hagley. And she said, and she won't shut up about it. <laughs> I went, all right. Trying to, I, I'm not a Christian. I'm a lapsed Roman Catholic. I, I don't want to go. But she keeps telling me about it. And she keeps telling me about how amazing the music is. And she keeps telling me about, about this Jesus fellow. And she said, and the pastor's lovely. So well done, Joe. You're lovely. And, and she started going on about it to me. And I, said, and I said, oh, well, actually, you know, I don't go to the Hagley one half. And I'm based more in Hell's And the other nurse lives round the corner from here. And so we're in this conversation and, and chatting away and I said, look, you should come. You'd be, really invited. You'd be really welcome to come along to a service any Sunday. 
And they both gave that kind of smile and raised eyebrows that said, that's lovely of you, but I'm never going to come. <laughs> and I, I sat there and then kind of went into the operating theatre and I was just thinking about this and thinking, well done to the person in Hagley who you've gone, you've experienced it and you've shared what you know to be true. Well done, keep doing what you're doing. That is so good. And I, and I sat there going, the person that's going to impact these people's lives isn't some pastor lying on an operating table who goes into hospital once and has a conversation. It's the people that are going to be alongside her. It's her friends and her family who are going to be the light of the world to her. It's her colleagues that are going to be on shift with her. It's the, it's the, you know, the, the colleagues like the nurse that, that Olivia talked about at Life Central Midweek who went in and prayed with her father as, she was, as he was dying with COVID. You know, I think I've got this renewed excitement now about, about church as I've been considering this over the last few weeks, that it's not about great Sunday services, although that helps. It's about you. It's about you going and being the light of the world in your workplace, in your community, in your families, in the places that you are. It's about you going and doing it. And so we want Sundays and Easter to be a resource to you, for you to say, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Come and hear a little bit more at my church because they're quite good at talking about Jesus. We want to be a resource. It's not about the staff team going and helping people find and follow Jesus. It's not about equippers giving up a year of their life to go and help people find and follow Jesus. It's about all of us. It's about, we went for a meal and there's a member of our church who is a restaurant manager and we went for a meal at a restaurant and she came over and sorted us out and um, chatted to us and told us a little bit about some of the staff on the team and she just said, Andy, these people need your prayers because they really need Jesus. There's this, 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 this and this. She said, I'm trying to share with them and I just encouraged her and she walked away from the table and I said, I said to Laura, I was like, I think I'm doing ministry. She's doing the real ministry because she's on the front line every single day. She's doing a job that she's paid to do but she knows she's on a mission and she's called to be a light to the world. And so I want to say, you've paid to do a job, but you're called to be on a mission. You're called to be on a mission, revealing the light of the world. You know, we don't want a bigger church, although that would be great. We want transformation in our community, in all of our communities. You know, if this light of the world stuff is true, which it is, then we want to see it impacting people's lives and it coming out in the community that we see a reduction in crime rates, in suicide rates. We want to see a reduction in unemployed, in employment, unemployment. We want to see a reduction in poverty. We don't do that by just providing great Sunday services. We provide that by being a church that's on the move, that's being on the move and active in the mission. Yes, you're paid to do a job. Yes, you've got a role to do and fulfill that role but you're called to a higher mission. And that mission is being a light of the world in your workplace, in your families, in your situations, to your neighbours, to the fellow drivers on the roads, to wherever it is you're called to be a light of the world. It's not about me standing on a platform, but it's about this. Everyone, everywhere, every day. That's what it's about. And so I want to challenge you to let your light shine. Yes, we want you to invite people to Easter. 
But don't let Leon on Easter Sunday be the first person that tells your friends, your family, your colleagues about who Jesus is. You go and do it. Don't wait for them to walk into a church service to hear it from someone on a stage. You go and share it with them. And you don't have to know everything to share something. Just share your experiences with it, with, with who God is and what God's done in your life. As we talked about earlier, darkness is just the absence of light. When light enters the darkness, the darkness is no more. Jesus has put that light in you. And so I want to invite you, don't stand because the person next to you stands. Don't stand because you feel you should. But maybe this is the first time that you said yes to this. Maybe it's a long time since you said yes to it. Maybe it was yesterday, but you just want to say yes to this again. I want to invite you to stand if you want to be in on the mission to be a light to the world. If you want to be in on saying, I'm, I know I'm paid to do a job, but I'm called to be on a mission. And so I want to be on this mission of being the light to the world, of right, reflecting Jesus' light in my life. I want to dare you to go and disrupt the darkness in your world. And so if that's you, church, I want to invite you to stand. Jesus, I pray. Would you use us? We're available. We're here to be your light. It's not about us. It's about you shining through us. But Jesus, I pray that we will be a light to the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And so Jesus, I pray for workplaces, for homes, for neighbours, for streets, for schools, for colleges, for universities. God, I pray that this would be a people that lights up the world and makes an impact for you. Jesus, I pray in the words of the song that we're going to sing again in a moment, that the Spirit would light the flame and that the church of God would move and we would know that this gospel truth of old shall not kneel and shall not faint because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Guys, as we sing, as we round up our service, let's celebrate, let's sing, let's declare it, let's say, Jesus, I'm going to shine for you. Let's sing together.